This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So today, um, as already advertised, we'll be, we'll be talking about light in the dark places. And we'll really be looking at how a lot of Christians, a lot of us many times, even walk in darkness or or have some darkness everywhere and we need to come out of it and that we have we have certain things we have um god god's word has delivered to us this technology of coming out of dark places but before i go into into all of that i would just like to state some some facts um as we talk about light and darkness John chapter 8 and verse 12, Jesus speaking here said, I am the light of the world. Anyone, that is anyone, anyone in the world, I'm the light of the world. Anyone in the world who follows me shall not walk in darkness, shall not walk in darkness, but shall have, it shall have the light of life. Those who walk those who walk would have the light of life. They shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Those who follow me. John 12, from verse 6 to 48. It says, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believes on me should not abide in darkness. I, I'm emphasizing some words. Should not abide in darkness. John 8 says, it will have the light of life. It will not walk in darkness. John 12 says, it shall not abide in darkness. It says, and if any man hears my words and believe not, I am not the one who judges him. For I came not into the world to judge the world, but to save the world. So Jesus is linking here to salvation. He's linking here to his, 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 his ministry. He's his calling to save. So he says, those who believe on me, they shall not abide in darkness. John 8 they shall not walk in darkness. He then goes on to say, He that rejects me and receives not my words has one that judges him. He says, The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. So it's about the last day. This is the one Jesus is talking about here. He says, He shall not walk in darkness. Colossians 1 12 and verse 13. We, those who have believed, we have been delivered from the authority from the dominion from the power of darkness and we have been translated into the kingdom of god's dear son we have been translated into the kingdom of god's dear son this is the new birth this is what jesus was talking about that is just to say that no christian is really in darkness hallelujah no christian is in darkness the new birth is what ushered us out of darkness the new birth all shadows out of this dominion of darkness. So there's no Christian anywhere who ought to walk in darkness. There's no Christian every, anywhere who has darkness. Hallelujah. No Christian is in darkness. The new man was born into light. And as darkness cannot comprehend light, we got loose from darkness grip by the new life, by the new birth. We got loose from the hands of darkness. Hallelujah. You see, he says the authority of darkness, the authority of darkness. 
Ephesians 6, 12 says, the rulers of the darkness of this world. There is certainly a darkness in this world. There is certainly a darkness that Jesus has called us out from. There is certainly a darkness that he says we shall not walk in. There is a darkness that he says that we shall not live in. He says, whosoever walks with me shall not abide in darkness. There is a darkness that we are not supposed to abide in. That darkness is ruled by the rulers of the darkness of this world. Ephesians 2, 1 to 3 says that we walk once according to the rulers of the power of the air under the dominion of the spirits that walk now in the children of disobedience. That is, those who are not saved. That's what Christ took us from. Christ took us from that darkness, from that dark place, from the authority of these people, from the rulers of the darkness of this world. That's what the new birth did for us. That is the truth about you, is the truth about me. It's the truth of everybody that has believed in Jesus, that we have been delivered from darkness. Even if many don't know, that's the truth. That's God's word. That's what God's word shows us, that we are not darkness. Second Corinthians 6, 14 even says this more expressly. It says, uh, it says what, what, what communion has, has light with darkness. It says, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. It says, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? He says, what, what, what communion, what, 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 what koinonia, what, what fellowship does, does Christ, what concord does it have with Belial? He says, there is nothing, really. So he compares the Christian to light. He compares the unbelievers to darkness. So it's really clear to us. The believer is called light and the unbeliever wants darkness. So it's a fact. We have the light of life and we do not live in darkness. We do not walk in darkness. We do not abide in darkness. Hallelujah. However, Paul made a startling statement or startling admonition um, to, to, to the guys in Ephesus. And that's where we start from today. Ephesians chapter 5. We start from Ephesians 5. So we have already established it that no Christian ought to be in darkness. Jesus said, believing the message will take you out of darkness. Believing the message will not will ensure that you are not walking or abiding in darkness. But look at what Paul says to the Ephesians church. First of all, he acknowledges this, starting from verse 8. Ephesians 5, 8. He says for... Sorry. Ephesians 5 and verse 8. He says, for you were sometime darkness... You see, I put it, he didn't say you were sometime in darkness. You were sometime darkness. Just like we said already in 2 Corinthians 6, the unbelieving ones are called darkness as the believing ones are called light. He says, for you were sometime darkness, but now are you light in the Lord? He says, walk as children of the light. Walk as children of light. We'll read on. He says, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. He says, and I have no fellowship. You see that again. With the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. Wherefore, he says, awake you would sleep. And arise from the dead. And Christ shall give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, 
redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Hallelujah. It says, walk as children of the light. It says to these people who are light themselves. It says to these people who are not, who are not darkness. It says, walk in light. So he acknowledges that Christians are light. Christians are light, just like we were saying. Christians are light. They are not darkness. But he also admonished them to walk as children of light. You know, there are a lot of us that do not walk many times as children of light. We walk many times as though we are still under the authority of darkness. We walk sometimes as if, no, we are still ruled by the rulers of the darkness of this world. As though we were still controlled by Satan. He says we should walk as children of light. If he told them that, then it's possible that people even now are walking as people that are not in light. It's possible to call people to wake up from their slumber and tell them to walk as children of light. You see, because there is a way that children of light are supposed to be. There are certain things that are supposed to be seen in their lives. There are certain characteristics about them. So it helps us, and that's why I read it all the way to verse 17. It helps us to characterize some of this. Number one, it says to walk as children of light. It says they will prove that which is acceptable to the Lord. Number two, it says having no fellowship with the works of darkness. Three, it says reproving the works of darkness. Number four, it says walking circumspectly, that is perfectly, redeeming the time. Lastly, it says understanding what the will of the Lord is. Like I said, there are many born again people walking as though they were dead. Walking as though they are in the darkness. Many who are sleeping that need to be awakened. See, their life is, is not a product or a result of the lives that they are. Walking as though they are still children of disobedience. It says Paul's admonition is for them to know. That's all that is encompassed in what I read. He says, come to know. To take heed to these things that are consistent with your life. You see, because we can't prove what you do not know. You can't know the work of darkness except it was shown to you or you have learned them. You can't work circumspectly. You can't work perfectly. We can't work exactly. In fact, that's the right word. Exactly. Except you know what is right. Except you, you are taught or, you, or what is right has been communicated unto us. See, we have to understand what the will of the Lord is. There are things to know about God. What gets him going? Who is he? What can he do? What can't he do? See, what has he promised? What can you do even with this knowledge? What can you do with God? You see, there's so much to know as children of light. There is so much that we have come into that we have got to know. Like I said, many people do not know this already. And this is exactly what Peter said, which is going to be our anchor scripture for today. Second Peter chapter 1. There is something we have to know. And we have to use that knowledge. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1. I'll read from verse 16 just to give it context and I'll go from there. It says, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables. When we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For ye received from God the Father glory and honor when there came such a voice to him on the holy mountain, saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It says, and this voice came from heaven we heard 
when we were with him in the holy mountain so he was describing that mount of transfiguration that jesus was proven to be the son of god there that they saw it it's they're not they're not these things were not done in a corner these things were not done hidden they actually saw these things but then he comes to verse 19 and says we have a more sure word of prophecy bigger than what we saw because we're just three with him there bigger than what we saw there we have a more sure word of prophecy the scriptures has been delivered unto us spoken from ages from time immemorial by the prophets of old we have that now it says whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place you do well to take heed unto the words of prophecy as a light that shines in a dark place. Then he says, until the day dawns and the day star arise in your heart. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. So he describes the entrance of God's word like, 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 the, like, the, like the dawn, like the breaking of the day. You know, many times in the morning, I, I, many of you who actually wake up to pray quite early, you will notice that graduation. Although it's day, but the day really hasn't broken. The day really hasn't come to the light. You can still stumble. That's why the fact that it's day already. The night has passed from like 4 a.m. I don't know how you see it, but sometimes I see that. From like 3, 4 a.m., you can see that there's some ray of light. However, it's not clear. You can't walk in that. You still stumble in that. It says you take the word of God and you, 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 you point light into dark places. And it says unto the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. It's about our heart. It's not until things change outside. This is what Peter is saying. He's saying that those dark places are actually within. These are the places that need to see the light of the word of God. Because you see, where we are coming from is a place of darkness. We were once darkness. It then admonishes us to walk as children of light. Many people unwashed souls. Many times we come from a place where it's so dark. It says we ought to pay attention. We have to pay attention to the word. To purify our hearts. Not just to change situations. Because many of us think this is about changing situations. Or doing things by the power of God. Ensuring that things are changing. He said the word of God is for our heart first. First of all, we must see light in our heart. The day must dawn regarding everything in our heart first. He said because mostly we are trying to get things done with darkened hearts. With darkened minds. With untransformed minds. Many times, that's what many of us are trying to do. We are trying to ensure that things are working, but there is darkness. We are not working in the accurate light. We do not have enough knowledge. Remember, what it means by working as children of light is knowing these things, proving these things, reproving certain things, working circumspectly, understanding what the will of God is. So we have to know. The word of God must come to us. It must shine light on our hearts. We must be full of it in our hearts. Hallelujah. This is what he's talking about. Not praying with darkened minds. Not walking in life and, and, and walking about situations with darkened souls and darkened minds. Because that's how a lot of us walk in. 
And that's why a lot of us see defeat. That's why many times we see defeat here and there. Despite the fact that we are God's sons, despite the fact that we are light in ourselves, despite the fact that we should not walk in darkness. Hallelujah. Romans 12 from verse 1 to verse 2. Very popular scripture. We all know it. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore by the message of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, only acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It says, and be not conformed to this word, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, you see that again, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. You see, it's when our minds are changed, it's when our hearts have seen light, that we can prove what is the will of God, that we can really know what God can say. That we, You see, God is very predictable. That's what he wants us to know. You see, we can get to the point where we constantly believe God all the time because we know what he can do and what he can't do. We know who he is. We know the things that we can achieve with him. James 1.21, he says, Lay aside all filthiness, and superfluity of nothingness. Christians, he says, lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of nothingness. That is the, the much evil, the abundance of evil, because there are a lot of times that people's hearts are, are this way. It seems that it's not a place that Christ has really walked upon. He says, lay aside all that. He says, and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your souls. Another translation has it like this, to be able to repair your souls. He said, because our souls need some repairing. Our soul needs to come out of darkness. Our soul needs to see the light of God's word. We need to be lightened persons to take advantage of the things that are asked. Hallelujah. He said, there is work that must be done by the spirit of God. Within us first, before he can change things through us. That's just a fact. That God's spirit must change things within us. And that's what Peter was saying. That the day must dawn in our heart first. The day star must arise within us. The spirit of God must walk within us first. We must be transformed first. Before things can change through us. Until the light turns loose in us. It won't change things much. It won't change things much. Hallelujah. We won't be able to do much. And that's what today is about. Just learning how to do this. How to take the word of God even in prayer and enforce things. And ensure that you are not in a place of darkness. Despite the fact that God has brought you out of the kingdom of darkness. Despite the fact that God has brought us from the authority of darkness. This is the work we must pay attention. We, this work, like I mentioned, is done by paying attention. Peter said, take heed unto it. We have to take it onto the world. We have to take it onto the world as a light that shines in the dark place. We'll take the word of God and lighten our own hearts. Hallelujah. Taking it onto the word of God until we are flooded with light in specific areas. You see, having it in one area is good enough. You see, but there are a lot of people that have that, that are experiencing light in one way and experiencing defeat in another way. That's not what God wants for us. For whatever things in this new life, this is how it must happen. We must take things from here. We must take the word of God and shine light in our heart and stand as people that are lighted by God. Hallelujah. This is the reason for varied results. Varied classes of believers here and there. 
You see, many people are not working. You see, some people they don't have so much, so much sickness. Their lives is just sometimes like like the Bible says, upward and forward only. You see, because we all started out like this, there is no difference, and that's how I started, just to show everybody that we are not in darkness. But you see, some people are experiencing so much light. Some people are experiencing so much victory. Some people are experiencing so much, so much of God in their lives. So much glory everywhere. They are not sick today and having defeats tomorrow. Their things are going so well. They're saying things and it's coming to pass. Whatever things they say, they are just saying it. It looks as if no, they have a corner on God. You see, nobody else has a corner on God outside the light that is in them. Hallelujah. See, these people are working in a lot more. All because they are working in a lot more light. That's how to walk in light. That's how to be children of light. Many people that are this way, it's because they are working in a lot more light than many of us do in many areas. Isaiah 50. Isaiah chapter 50. Hallelujah. Very, very strong instruction in Isaiah 50 from verse 10. He says, who is among you that fears the Lord, that obeys the voice of his servants? Look at that. Those who fear the Lord, that obey the voice of his servants, that walks in darkness. It, does, it doesn't match. <laughs> it doesn't look like what he just said. Who is among you who fears the Lord, that obeys the voice of his servants? You will expect that those who fear the Lord automatically cannot walk in darkness, cannot experience darkness, but we have shown it already that many do. Look at what he says to this person. He says that walk in darkness and have no light. That walk in darkness and have no light. Obviously, he's talking about specific things. He says, let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Behold, all you who kindle a fire that compass yourself about with sparks, Walk in the light of the fire and in the sparks that you have kindled. He says, this shall you have of my hands. You shall lie down in sorrow. That is to those who light themselves around with sparks. But that's not the admonition to the one who, who has no light. So peradventure, some of us have been experiencing some darkness in some areas. We have not been experiencing light in some things. The admonition is to stay there. Just like we said, pay attention. Take heed like Peter says. He says, let him stay upon his God. That's what we must do. Stay in our ground until the light of God breaks forth in our spirit. Until the light of God takes a hold of our soul and lightens every part of our minds. Until our minds are flooded with it. See, then can we do things. He said, let him stay upon his God. Let him stay upon his God until the light breaks forth. Hallelujah. He said, this is even so for prayer. John 15 and verse 7. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. If my words abide in you, then you will ask what you will. He said, many people don't know what to will. Many of us think we know what to will. But he says, until my words abide in you, you really do not know what to will. Like I mentioned, you do not have the proper knowledge of God. You do not know what he, what he wants. You do not know the things that tickle him. You do not know what he can do or what he can't do. He says, but let my words abide in you. Then you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. 
So what we can achieve in prayer is also tied to what words are abiding in us. It's so by water. The words abiding in us. What we know about God's word. What do we know about it? It's because we won't know certain things. That's why his words don't seem to abide in us. We are not having his words abide in us. That's why we are not seeing certain things in our life. We are not asking what we will wear. We are not saying the things that we want. In fact, the same thing in Hosea 14 too. It says, as you are about to pray, take ye words. Take ye words and turn to the Lord. It's so important that we can't do outside the word. You know, the Bible says that he has exalted his word above all his name. He said, we are bound by the word of God. We are bound to be limited to the extent of the word of God that is lightened in our hearts. We can't see beyond the lights that our hearts are seen. We can't see beyond that. That's the light that we get. You see, but many do not know. Glorious things have been spoken about us, Psalm 87 and verse 3. Glorious things have been spoken about us, but it won't do much if we don't know them. It won't help us much if we don't come to that kind of knowledge. Psalm 82 and verse 5, he says, They know not, neither do they understand. Therefore, they walk on in darkness. That's what we are saying. Because they do not know, because they do not understand, they walk on in darkness. And he says, The foundations of the earth are out of course. No wonder a lot of people are experiencing bad things. He said, Don't look too far when things, when you are not experiencing, when you are experiencing what is not looking like God's word. Don't look too far. Is in your heart. The day has not done there. The day has not done there. And that's good stuff. That's a good thing. To know that the problem is not external. All I've got to do is sit on the word. All I've got to do is stay there. Just like Isaiah 50 showed us. Stay upon your God if you are walking in darkness and have no light. He says, stay there. He said, this is the reason why many are walking in darkness. This is the reason why the foundation of the earth are out of course. What is not God's plan is happening to people. People are walking in sicknesses that are not their own. People are walking in failures that they ought not to walk in. Why? They do not know. Neither do they understand. Hallelujah. See, knowing is key for being able to use them. Because we have to use these things. We have to live our lives to the full potentials of the child of life that we are. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. He says, this child I commit unto you, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies that have gone ahead of us, that has gone ahead of you, that you may wage a good warfare. You see, because there is something we do about words. There is something we do about prophecy. God's words are not just to be laughed about, and not just to be looked and said, wow, okay, good stuff. No, it's supposed to be used for our life. It's supposed to be used for our living. We are children of light for a reason. God delivered us from the authority of darkness for a reason. Hallelujah. It says, by this you might wage a good warfare. Second Corinthians chapter 10, from verse 4 to verse 5. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. It says, for the bringing down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. And bringing every thing, every thought, captive to the obedience of Christ. See, how can we know what is exalting itself above the knowledge of God when we ourselves do not know what is the knowledge of God? You see, because the weapons of our warfare are only as mighty as we have taken heed to them. They are only as mighty as we know. 
He says, pulling down strongholds. You have got to know that that's possible. Casting down imaginations. You have got to know what is yours. You've got to know what the knowledge of God is. You've got to know what has been spoken about you. And you then use these things. Hallelujah. So right now, we'll go ahead and take words. Just like we have mentioned. We'll take words and challenge situations. We'll take words and challenge situations. He says, speaking them is very important. Because number one, it keeps our minds engaged. It keeps our mind engaged with what is ours. See, many times we don't know, but we have to keep speaking them. We have to speak speaking these words. Go ahead and pray now. Go ahead and take words. Like Hosea 14 says, take with you words and approach God. Take with you words, hallelujah, and turn to the Lord. So face situations, whatever situations you have brought here, whether for good or bad, because some people think that maybe it's only bad things to address here. No, things can get better. Things are going well for you, they can get better. Because the power of the justice is a shining light that shines brighter and brighter on the perfect day. Things ought to be better for us. So you go ahead and take the word of God. Whatever you can remember, you see, because it's necessary for your heart to hear it. It's necessary for your heart to know it. It says, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is how we do it. We speak these words into existence. We speak as we do by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given unto us of God. Which things also we speak. Nothing was which man's wisdom teaches, but in that with the Holy Ghost teaches. So go ahead and praise God. Hallelujah. You see, for many of us, even our prayer life is limited due to this. Our work with God is largely subdued due to this. Since we have so far, we have been milking off the fact that we are born again. The fact that we are, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's good. So far, many of us, maybe that's what we enjoy even in prayer. That we just milk in, the, in our righteous state. We just milk in the fact that we are born of God. You see, because that's the basis of drawing there. That's true. Is the basis of our boldness before God. It is walking day by day and calling on Him when we can. You see, God will answer us because He loves us. He said, But it's as far as you can go. There is so much you can achieve. Remember, I said that this is the reason for varying results, varying classes of believers. He said, Yes, everybody has, has come into this righteousness. Everybody has this. We are the righteousness of. God in Christ Jesus is the truth. It's the truth. So the prayer of the righteous man avails much. That's us. Yes. Jesus said, I will no longer need to pray for you, but you will ask the Father yourself. That's true. Righteousness paves the way for us. Because Jesus has broken down the middle wall partition between us. True. But there's so much you can do. There is so much more you can achieve. And there's a limit on that. Hallelujah. There's a limit on how far we can go with that. You see, for many of us, we are like Jehu. I don't know many of us who remember Jehu. Second Corinthians, um, Second Kings, chapter ten and verse forty-one. Maybe let me read. Let me read that for us. Or as we begin to read that, I'll just give a little context. You see, Jehu was the one who finally established or, or proved the prophecies of Elisha, and he dealt with Ahab. Hallelujah. I'm trying to get them myself. And he dealt with Ahab according to the prophecy, according to the things that were spoken ahead. That's good. 
dealt with the whole house of Ahab and all his gods. True. You see, because, but after fulfilling this promise, he won't take heed to God. He won't take heed to the law of God. You see, for us, many times, that's how it looks. Let me read verse 31 to us. Of, starting from verse 30. And the Lord said unto Jehu, Because you have done well in executing that which is right in my eyes, that is what he spoke through prophet Elisha about, about Ahab and his gods. He says, And has done unto the house of Ahab according to all that was in my heart. Your children of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. He says, But Jehu took no heed. Remember, Peter told us to take heed. But Jehu took no heed to the law of the Lord, God of Israel, with all his heart. For he departed not for the, from the sins of Jeroboam, which made Israel to sin. He didn't take it to those things. And then he repeated the sins of Jeroboam. Despite the fact that he had fulfilled some prophecy, despite the fact that he was working in some prophecy, he still ended up fulfilling these, these, these horror sins of Jeroboam. Ultimately committing the same sins. You remember Jeroboam? That one too. By prophecy, he became king. By prophecy, the kingdom of, of Israel was delivered unto him. Took it from Solomon. And began to take initiative. He then began to take initiative outside the law of God. First Kings 12. Maybe you will read that also. First Kings 12. I'm trying to rush so that I can finish. First Kings chapter 12. I'll read from verse 25. So, Jeroboam, that, that, that was really the sins of Jeroboam. And if you read across the scripture, you see many times they talk about this sin of Jeroboam because it was a big deal. And you see what causes it. I'll show us now. 1 Kings chapter 12, from verse 25. It says, Then Jeroboam built Shechem in Mount Ephraim and dwelt therein and went out from thence and built Penuel. This was after the kingdom had been delivered unto his hands. Look at verse 26. It says, And Jeroboam said in his heart, and Jeroboam said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. Who told you? Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. If these people go out to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of these people turn again unto the Lord, even unto Jeroboam, king of Judah. And they shall kill me, and go again to Jeroboam, king of Judah. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two cows of gold. So that's the same thing that this guy repeated. That's the same thing Jehu repeated. Look at it. And said unto them, It's too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold your gods. O Israel, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. And he set one in Bethel and another one in Dan. And this thing became a sin for the people. For the people went to worship before the one, even unto Dan. And he made a house of high places. And made priests of the lowest of the people which were not of the sons of Levi, another deviation from the law of God. And Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month, on the fifteenth day of the, of the month, like unto the feast that is in Judah. Just not the one in Judah, like unto it. He said in his heart, you see how many of us miss out on these things? And I said, it, it happens from, 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 from hearts that are, that are darkened. It, it, it happens from untransformed minds. Look at what he said. He says, like the one that was the feast in Judah. So he offered upon the altar which he made in Bethel, the 15th day of the eighth month, even in the month which he had devised 
in his own heart. Slight deviations. Slight deviations from the law of God. Slight things. Taking initiative outside the law of God. Outside the word of God. Not having the full knowledge of God. This is what happens. Outside the revealed word of God. Leaning onto his own understanding. And it became a memorial forever for him. The poor decisions ultimately tagged him for life. And it was a result of the darkness he chose to walk in. And that's why we are saying this. That you see, the word of God is meant to lighten our darkness. It's meant to, meant to lighten our heart. It's meant to lighten the places that we, we, we do not yet know a lot of things. See, because many of us sometimes take decisions outside the word of God. How little they might be. But there are big things before God. There are big things before God. Taking steps outside the scriptures. Not being instructed by the law of God. Remember Isaiah 50. If you are walking in darkness and you have no light, even when it's unclear, the instruction is to wait. The instruction is to ensure that light fills your heart. The instruction is that we should wait upon God. And see, so this brings me, like I, I, was, I was just saying now, it's, it's about, I'm, I'm saying it in the context of prayer because we're going to pray shortly. First John chapter 5 and verse 14, and I'll begin to round up with that. First John chapter 5 and verse 14. Since John made a very funny statement on face value, I'll, I'll read that to us. First John chapter 5, from verse 13. He says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we ask anything in accordance to his will, he hears us. You see, because on face value, this is untrue. This is not the, what the Bible teaches. This is not what God's word says. Because there are many evidences against him. John 15, 7, we already read that today. He says, if my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. If my words abide in you, you will ask what you will. Psalm 37 and verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall grant your heart desire. So it's what you want. Not according to his will as we know it. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have them. Matthew 7 and verse 7. He says, ask and you shall receive. No conditions. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. In fact, he goes further. He says, everyone who asks, receives. James 1, 5. If, any, let, uh, if anyone lasts, let him ask God who gives liberally and does not upbraid. That is, God does not upbraid. God does not find fault. God is not the one looking for loopholes in our prayers. So why are you saying that is according to his will? James 5, 16. The prayer of the righteous man avails much. So without a shadow of doubt, the Bible has shown us that we can ask and it shall be done. He says, it's what we want that gets done. So why then did John put conditions? But I dare say that it's about his will for asking. And that's what he repeats in verse 15. He says, and we know that if he hears us, whatsoever we ask, just like the things that we're saying, whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petitions. Once he hears us, once he hears us, it's about his will for asking. 
There is a way to ask. There are things that are revealed about asking, which is what we are talking about. There is a light about asking. There is something our heart must know before coming to prayer about asking. Our lights, our hearts must be full of that light. Our, our hearts must be full of God, what God's word is about asking. James 3.2 says, if any man offends not in, in word, that word is logos, offends not in revelation. He's a perfect man. He's a perfect man. He didn't say speech. He didn't say talking. If a man offends not in revelation, if a man offends not in things revealed, if a man offends not in the things that is the light has come upon, he says that man is a perfect man. See, it's those things that are revealed we are not supposed to offend him. See, like I said, there is a light to walk in, even for asking. Because the Bible says that we ought to ask in faith. The Bible says we ought to ask in confidence. The Bible says we have to have no confidence in our flesh, but in the finished works of Christ. The Bible says when we come to prayer, we should come boldly. The Bible says we should be righteousness conscious. The Bible says we should think in our inheritance. He said that's how not to walk in darkness about prayer. We take the light of God and we come boldly to prayer. We take the light of God and we know that he will hear us. That's what John was saying. That there is a knowing about prayer. You see, what that thing for prayer, you can do the same thing about every situation in your life. You can know for the fact that this will work. You can know for the fact that you won't mix it here. Because you are following his will for that thing. This has been revealed in your heart. The day has done. You have taken it unto the world in a dark place. And the day dawn has now. The day star has now arisen in your heart. The day has done. You can see clearly now. I know that when I stand to pray, this is the confidence. That if I ask anything, you will hear me. I have an hearing with him. Hallelujah. Is it because darkened souls can't do more? You can't do much from being dark. You can't do much from not knowing a lot. You can't do much by not knowing. Like I said, there is limited things that we can do. We'll have many hit misses. We'll hit things here and there. We'll hit many roadblocks. We will stumble many with darkened minds, with darkened heart, by not following the word of God. Just like we saw, even for Jeroboam, taking a little shift here and there can cause damage. The Bible says in Isaiah 50 that we ought to stay there. We ought to stay on the word of God until it enlightens on our dark places, until it enlightens everywhere. The admonition of Peter is to us that we take it unto the word and lighten our hearts. We take this light and shine in our dark places. There is no stopping us when we turn on the light. Hallelujah. There cannot be any stopping us. Just as we have a confidence that we say whenever we ask, whatsoever we ask, according to these things that have been revealed about asking, that we have an hearing with him. We know for the fact that there is nothing that can stop us if we are doing anything that has been revealed by the word of God. You see, this is how we stand face to face with sickness and say that you have to go. This is how we stand face to face with death and say, I will not die but live. 
This is how we stand face to face with things that are dying. And say the power of God will bring this back to life. And say I serve a God who calls the things that be not as though they were. Who raises the dead. This is the life of faith. This is the life of faith. This is confidence beyond what. This is confidence that has come from the word of God. This is confidence that has come from a lightened heart. From a heart. That the day has done from a light that from a heart that nothing is darkened anymore. There is no stopping us when we turn on this light. Nothing can stand successfully against. There is no darkness that can comprehend this light. There is no situation that cannot bow. There is no way that cannot burst open. Nothing can be impossible unto us. Nothing shall be impossible unto us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We'll go ahead and pray now. And this is what we are going to be praying for. We are going to be praying that the eyes of our understanding may be enlightened. Because that's what it's about. That it be flooded with light. That we may see that the eyes of our minds may be flooded with light. Just like we, men we mentioned, if our hearts don't see it, if the day doesn't dawn in our heart, if the day star doesn't arise in our heart, we can't do much. We'll be talking from a dark place. We'll be talking from a place where we are not lightened. And just as it is characteristic of everyone that works in dark places to stumble, who will stumble? Who will, who will miss it here and there? We'll be hitting roadblocks here and there. But you see, you can turn on the light. As we pray that we are flooded with light. He said the strength that the Bible talks about in Ephesians 3. He says that we may be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Is a strength for tenacity. Is a strength for tenacity to allow the Christ to dwell in our hearts by faith. The tenacity to sit there and allow his words to dwell in our hearts by faith. To be patient, to know with all saints what is the length, what is the breadth, what is the length, what is the width, what is the height that we might be filled through and through with God's fullness. That tenacity of purpose, that patience of endurance. That, 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 that staying power to pay attention, to be not slothful in ensuring that the word of God feels everywhere. That's what the strength is about. That's what the Holy Ghost delivers to our inner man. This, this is how we walk daily as children of light. Never stumbling, walking high despite the darkness that is in this world. Because they are there. We know that the children of this world walk in darkness. We know that there is darkness in this world. But we are of God. We are of God. Hallelujah. The old world lies in wickedness. The old world lies in darkness. Ruled by the rulers of the darkness of this world. But not us. Our lives will not be, will not be controlled by that. This is our heritage. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, go ahead and pray. Oh, Sandal of the